from white nationalism to conspiracy theories, we are being terrorized into abandoning our civil liberties. This is Monica Perez waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6, right here on 95.5 WSB. And boy, has the news been breaking this week. I had more than enough material to talk about the fallout from the shootings reported out of El Paso and Dayton last weekend, actually They began during my show last Saturday. It wasn't clear where they would go, what the implications would be. But I did point out as it was unfolding, there is always an agenda. There is always an agenda that it's at the very most benign. It's the Rahm Emanuel doctrine. Never let a good crisis go to waste which he clarified by saying, by that I mean, use that crisis, or I'm paraphrasing, use that crisis to get something done you couldn't otherwise get done. And that is, of course, how these events are used. There is so much to it that I'm going to have to kind of uh, unfold it step by step. But I'll give you an overview of of how I saw the week unfold in the aftermath of these events. There are two huge policy pushes. You look at, everybody always thinks that these things, mass shootings, will be used to promote gun control. I think that gun control is what, I used to be on a a helpline for teens and they taught me there's a presenting issue, and then there's the real issue. The gun control is always the presenting issue. But I realized a while ago, not only is gun control an important wedge issue to keep the Republicans and the Democrats in line for elections so that the Supreme Court is the one thing that no matter how close the policies of the Democrats and the Republicans get, abortion and gun control will always get people to divide Along, along party lines. It keeps the two-party system, which is very important to the powers that be, as I think a distraction, but it keeps it alive. But the gun control issue isn't just about that, I realize now. I, it is used as a, as a distraction while a lot of other things are put into place. After Sandy Hook, Obama came out with a bunch of executive orders, and I... I looked at them and they th- I thought, oh, these are nothing burgers. These have not a lot to do with gun control. But that's after but after I reflected on it and I had already dubbed him the surveillance president like I dubbed before the election was even uh, the outcome was known in November. I had already dubbed this presidency as the censorship presidency. So with the Sandy Hook case, the executive orders that followed really were about information sharing, which had been a major push, a very controversial push by Eric Holder to break down the barriers between governmental departments, state and local and federal governments. All those things were cordoned off in the 1974 Privacy Act. And there were there was coverage of people quitting under him and the real controversy surrounding his desire to get information 
to be shared like that. And I see to this day a, a clip I was going to play anyway. I re-listened to it from Michael Chertoff after 9-11 where he said we really need to break down the barriers between international and domestic, between um, uh, policing and military and and information sharing. So that that has definitely always been on the agenda and still is. And one of the things I believe, I didn't recheck them, but I think Obama did was, without any fuss at all, took out some of the privacy language that was hard won in Obamacare. Like pediatricians now ask about gun ownership in the home, which was a was something that was specifically negotiated in Obamacare. So what is so so behind the veil of the gun control dispute, these things just slipped in. And this time is no different, in my opinion, that the gun control, assault weapons ban, whatever is the thing that they have everybody focused on as being the main concern is kind of a is kind of a shield, a safety, a smoke and mirrors thing of of the of the stuff they're actually going to implement. And I think it's all about Thought control, mind control, uh, what I dubbed was crimes of the mind based on the press press conference that Trump held right after these events and uh, mental health issues. They just want to get they just want to control your thoughts and your political activity, in my opinion. So the two big policy pushes that will happen and are happening are background checks and red flag laws. So Trump was saying on Friday, he did a press conference out by his helicopter in the White House, that he wants, he reiterated it dozens of times, meaningful background checks. Uh, and and he also reiterates over and over again about the wrong people, mental health, making sure we can keep guns out of the hands of the wrong people. Similarly, red flag laws are about getting guns out of the hands of people who are deemed by anyone who wants to accuse them of being unfit for that stuff. But this all, so what are you worried about? If you have faith in Donald Trump, then it'll be fine, right? No, because when there's a changing of the guard, if they have this kind of power, Eventually, this kind of power, which is First Amendment power, will lead to tyranny. That's what the first. That's why the First Amendment is first. You need to have freedom of the press. You need to have freedom of speech. You need to have freedom of thought. Uh, another item about the freedom of thought that he slipped in, Trump, was that we need to break down the barriers of being able to seal your records when you reach adulthood so that they'll be able to look into your childhood and see what you think or say. They talk about monitoring social media, which I had recently read in an FBI document that FBI can't just blanket media, social media, or your exercise of the First Amendment rights. That's not what they're allowed to do. But there are calls to change that kind of thing. And there was also, last week before these events, an FBI document that was released that said conspiracy theories are considered domestic terrorism. The actual, uh, the actual title of it is, or the, what it actually says as the as the premise is, anti-government, identity-based, and fringe political conspiracy theories very likely motivate some domestic extremists to commit criminal, sometimes violent activity. 
So if you do, if you read all the stuff on the background checks and the red flag laws that I've read this week, which is by no means all that there is to read, but if you've just gotten as far as I've gotten, you realize that what they're saying is that any hint of anything that might be deemed pre-crime, like a flag that you are going to, that you might be headed down the road of crime, uh, would be would qualify you as throwing up a flag. I mean, it's all about that. And what this is saying is, so we're talking about pre-crime based on anti-government or fringe political conspiracy theories. So an anti-government conspiracy theory is just basically anything that you think the government is doing wrong and you want to express that or postulate that or discuss that. If that is enough, then that in itself defeats the very purpose of the Second Amendment, or certainly the protection that it gives us against a tyrannical government. Because if they can use your thoughts, the First Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, if they can get to where you are politically and use that, the very idea that you object to government overreach or think the government is acting extra-legally and deciding on this stuff behind the scenes, which we know they do, that in itself qualifies you as somebody who is flagged. So that really concerns me. Then um, another piece of the puzzle is, or, or another focus is that white nationalism is a, uh, this was in the Wall Street Journal today, a greater crisis than Islamic terror. So we need to change our legal architecture and use these these tactics that are outside our fundamental laws just like we do for islamic terror but here's the funny thing is that when they are were arguing for that internationally they were saying it's because other countries don't have a sophisticated legal architecture like we do we we acknowledge civil liberties because we have a functioning legal system so now they're saying we don't have a functioning legal system so we have to impo- we have to withdraw some of our civil liberties we need to I mean, you you need to dig into how they're connecting these dots because that's what they're doing. And it reminded me when the Islamic terror stuff was at its peak, there was an an article in the New York Times called uh, Terrorist Plots Helped Along by the FBI. The, The original, the URL actually says terrorist plots hatched by the FBI. So you know what the original title of that story was. And it talks about the vast majority of these uh, terrorist arrests were being the result of sting operations, which means that they are, they can, are capable of, and have directed terrorist activity to reach a frenzy or to maximize arrests or whatever. And that in itself can change our policy viewpoints. And then just as I was focusing on conspiracy theories, uh, something happened that's been in our spotlight for years now jeffrey epstein was reported having committed suicide in custody in new york and bill barr is on it so uh as my producer binkley who's sitting here and i have said uh before this epstein case is morphing into went from a clinton scandal somehow to a trump scandal and i feel like that is correct. This Bill Barr thing is going to be a theme of that. And I would take it one step further and say conspiracy theory itself 
is going to be the focus of the Epstein story. And in that, in that vein, uh, we, we have, we should be, we are being distracted from all the fallout of the events of last week. But I don't really want to do that because these are some very, very serious issues. The background checks, the red flag laws, using mental health as a way of social control and defining mental health in a way that is uh, contrary to the exercise of political freedom. These are very serious issues. I want to talk about the Epstein thing, uh, but I also want to talk about all that other stuff. So uh, if you are concerned about this push to take away our civil liberties, give me a call, 404 872 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Wow, that was intense. On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. 95.5 WSB helps you on your daily commute with triple team traffic. Now we want to give you even more relief with your drive. We are going to give you a chance to win $500, maybe six, seven, or even $1,000 in free gas. Go to WSBRadio.com or the WSB Radio app to register today. Registration just started. All the rules and details are there to give you a chance to win free gas from 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. And there is another announcement uh, Binkley, my producer here, is uh, you're doing a show tonight, right? I am. Tonight at 8 o'clock at Relapse Theater in Atlanta, Astronaut University, and Improvised Comedic Journey Across the Galaxy. <laughs> that sounds right up my alley. $10 tickets online. You can find the link at my Twitter at Freedom Act Radio. So uh, we're – I want to give some – a little – time to these calls so mike wants to talk about red flag laws gordon wants to talk about the epstein case he says he thinks it's an assassination i'm interested in that and michael thinks i put too much uh into conspiracy theories so let's see how all of those calls play off each other if you guys can hang on because i want to give you lots of room with the longer um segment after the break and uh, also let you know that as I was seeing this story, the El Paso, the Dayton story unfold during the week, Binkley and I were doing a new uh, show that we established, Drive Time Prop. We do a daily show now. You can go to thepropreport.com. We have it up every day by 4 p.m. Eastern. And going forward during the week, as the news breaks, we give it to you with our own perspective from a position of wanting the truth. And uh, a viewpoint of liberty and justice. So see if you like that. Drive time prop at thepropreport.com. And uh, give me a call, 404-872-0750, or tweet at me right now at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. I am waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberties every Saturday from 3 to 6. And there are threats to our liberties coming down this week like I haven't seen in a long time. And I've got my eyes open to it, so that's a lot. And I'm going to start with uh, my first call is Mike and Marietta, who is, uh, who's on it. Go ahead, Mike. What you got? Hey, Monica. My favorite topic. Uh, let me... I'm so juiced up, I don't know if I can get it all in. But here's the deal, the way I see it. I know losing 39 people is terrible, and here we are a week out, 
still talking about this whole incident to take away rights um, and the with the red flag laws. Um, why don't we start? How about this? Why don't we start with a privilege such as driving? Why don't we try red flag laws out on drivers that drive foolishly down the road, weaving in and out of traffic, obviously putting people at danger on a daily basis because we do lose about 100 people a day through accidents. So before they cars. actually break a, a traffic law, you yeah, can tell. Exactly. They, by they, they might. Their, they might right. They by might their, like, the look accident. on their face, you know, like you can tell by the look on their face that they might break a traffic law, and so they should oh, probably been taken exactly. off the road. <laughs> or, or worse yet, cause a death for someone. So how about if you could call in and have that guy's tag number traced and take their license or boot their car or something get yeah, they them should off call the road it a pre-infraction exactly you know or an exactly. attitude attitudinal infraction and, and just and just as recent as your last news broadcast uh just while during the break the guy i forget who it was but was talking about natural causes acts of god this that and the other uh, and this being a man-made deal uh, are cars not a man-made deal? I mean, come on, that, that's not an act of God. And we lose almost, on average, 100 people a day, not 39 people a day to mass shootings. We yeah, lose 100 people a day from accidents in cars. I think there period. are t- twice as many car accident deaths as homicides. And, of course, homicides Ab- are not all. Ab- absolutely, and nobody and ever reports. Uh, no, it's very rarely reported that a gun actually caused nothing to happen okay Just oh it's very rarely reported how many crimes are stopped by people exactly. using just even not even using guns defensively but having a gun as a form of self-defense i i read, absolutely it's these stats are very hard to find but i have read that two million crimes are stopped just by the deterrent of people having guns even just knowing you're, you're exactly that yeah. I've had I've had two incidences and in I'm 62 years old. I've had two incidences in my life that just the uh, uh, um, just the, it, uh, the, the fact that you had of it, yeah. mm-hmm. a weapon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Stopped. Stopped it. I mean, immediately before it escalated into anything. And one of them was a uh, in the middle of the road driver that was nuts with me because of some. I didn't even know what he was mad about. But he got out of his truck, and I thought, holy cow. So I just reached over, got my gun out of my uh, glove uh, compartment, and when he saw that, that stopped everything. I mean, so it never escalated to well, that what if point. Well, what if he were also armed? What would you have done then? Oh, well, exactly. We'd be talking a different story. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but I mean, but, but if he had been armed, then you would have been even even worse trouble if you weren't armed, at least – well, oh, exactly. A- absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. So I have a story. I'm going to I'm going to let you go, Mike, and I'm going to yes, tell a story. Thank good. Well, good thank man. you. Thank you. Sorry. Um, let me tell you the story about the red flag law in it was Anne Arundel County in Maryland in uh, October 2018. They passed a red flag law uh, by this article is November 6th. It says. Uh, there was a fatal shooting. 
Yeah, this is what it says. It says the Anne Arundel County Police Chief defended Maryland's new red flag protective law Monday just hours after a 61-year-old man was shot and killed while officers were trying to serve a court order requiring him to surrender his guns. Chief Altamar said the fatal shooting in Ferndale was a sign that the law, which went into effect October 1st, is needed. There have been 19 protective orders sought in the county since then, tying Hartford County for the most in Maryland, according to report on the first month. Statewide, about half of the 114 orders sought have been granted. He says, if you look at this morning's outcome, it's tough for us to say, well, what did we prevent, he said, because we don't know what we prevented or could have prevented. What would have happened if we didn't go there at 5 a.m.? It's absolutely this story in particular. So he's saying if you if you kill people with guns, then you know for sure they're not going to kill anybody with their guns. I mean, that's pre-crime, and it's a complete violation of our civil liberties. But in this case in particular, the uh, his niece came out and said, I cannot believe this happened. She said on Sunday they were— um, they were at the house. His sisters were there, his mother. She was there with her son. So this is the guy's niece. And he said, he just runs his mouth. He's totally harmless. But one of the aunts was mad at him. So she called the cops and had them come take his gun away. And it says, uh, he opened the door, uh, the, the phone, someone's at the door at 517. So he answers the door with the gun. And then when he saw that the cops were there, he put the gun down. And talk to the cops. But when they told him that they were going to confiscate the weapon, he picked it up again, I assume, because he didn't want them to take it. And he became irate. So one of the officers tried to take the gun from him and a fight ensued. And then uh, the gun went off. It didn't hit anybody. But the officer uh, in this article, it says one of the officers. I read another article. It said both of the officers shot him. Uh, to death. Willis's niece said she was dumbfounded by the course of events. Uh, she said, we can't know anything about the order because the orders are sealed. Uh, he would have eventually been able to contest the order, although I've read a lot of articles about this and you have to you have to go fight it. You ever fight anything in court? It's not easy. So people are excited about these uh, orders. But what happens is you have innocent people who are the victims of someone who wants to uh, hurt them. Either maybe, maybe what if he were the target of a crime and somebody came out and said, oh, you need to disarm him. And then a crime was committed against him. Or in this case, it was like just a dumb argument with his family. And somebody, I think, thought they'd teach him a lesson. And boy, did they. But there are, it goes beyond that too, in that if it, it can be like law enforcement, it can be a, um, it could be like a medical professional. It could be anybody who uh, it could be somebody in your family. And what if here, here's one of the lies says it allows police, healthcare officials, spouses, family, and those a per- person might be dating or cohabitating with to petition the court to take a, uh, an individual's guns away. If they say they believe he is a danger to himself or others. And I ask you if all those people in your life, if any of them would ever pull a dirty trick to teach you a lesson or treat you unfairly, they might do it in this case with terrible results. And what if somebody were doing it because they didn't like your political viewpoints? What if somebody was doing it because they were a gun control advocate there? It's just a terrible moral hazard. So I go back to my, Uh, original premise that any liberty that is being taken away from you 
uh, because of mental incapacity or a criminal background, both of which I think uh, have to be treated equally because the problem with mental illness is that you're, you have the potential to commit a crime as if you had a history of crime, right? So right now, people who are mentally ill have fewer rights than people who are accused of crime because you don't get a jury trial. You don't get a public defender. You don't aren't innocent until proven guilty. That's not the way it works. So I think mental health should at least rise to the level of the same protections as uh, criminal accusations. And if they are going to take away your liberty, your rights, your um, property, any of that, you sh- you have the right to a jury trial. And I don't think there should be plea bargains either. I think the only way to make sure that as individuals we are protected is to make sure that our peers are there to say, okay, this is the standard where your rights are taken away from you. And I think that's the way it needs to be, not this rapid due process. There's no such thing. I think the due process as defined by the Sixth Amendment is really the one uh, that should apply. And so if you look at the Fifth and Sixth Amendments, uh, no person shall be compelled in any criminal case to be witness against himself nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. And then in the Sixth, it says the due process. Inform the nature of cause of accusation to be confronted with the witnesses against him, to have compulsory process for obtaining witnesses, and to have the assistance of counsel and a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury, et cetera, et cetera. I think that standard is the one that needs to apply. You can have this. You can be worried about it. You can have red flag laws as long as that's the standard. So that's what I got on that. (laughs) I'm going to keep going down the list of the callers by being on hold. So I'm going to go to Gordon and Marietta. Hi, Gordon. You're on with Monica. Okay. My background, I was a nurse and dealt with hundreds of potential suicide inmates. Uh, As a minimum, we put them on every 15-minute rounds. If they were more severe than that, we either had them under video surveillance or even put them in a cell where there was nothing, absolutely nothing, that they could commit suicide with. A high-profile individual like Epstein should have been under video constant surveillance. And you know he had been reported as having attempted suicide a week or two ago. In the Correct. cell and was on suicide watch before. Yeah, but I just heard week. they took him off. Yeah, of yeah, it. no, I'm, I'm with surprise, you. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Right. I, I contend that this is another case of assassination by government. In your face type, Whitey Bolger was the first in your face. Who would do case. it and why? This is pure speculation. I'm just asking you in one minute or less, who would do it and why? In who your would opinion. do what? Who would kill this guy and why, in your opinion? Whitey Bolger was killed no, by no, inmates. Epstein. Epstein. Epstein probably killed himself, but he should have been under constant surveillance. Oh, surveillance. interesting. Yeah, okay, because I also and thought, you know, they allowed treat, to yeah. commit suicide. Yes, but very he interesting. had too much damaging information against too many people. So this is assassination by government. That's very interesting. And do you think it's one side or the other would want his death more, like uh, Republicans or Democrats? Is it a Trump thing or a Clinton thing? A, B, C, D, and all of the above. <laughs> I hear you. Well, I shall tell you, I did think not. I didn't actually think of that. We're just allowing him to do it is enough. I did think that people are, who are pedophiles in jail, and I don't know if they classify somebody who talks about kind of post-adolescent but statutorily underage girls or prostitution stuff like that counts in the prison world as being 
a viable target. But I think Ariel, the guy's name was Castro, who held those women uh, hostage for so many years as sex slaves. It, he, I think he supposedly suicided himself also. But I think those guys get killed in general population. I mean, it's quite possible that you could feed them to the lions. I mean, I don't know. There's no details out on this. But I do. I think the conspiracy theories are the story in the Epstein case. And I, I think it's mm, I, I, there's a lot more to say about that. And that will tee us up for Michael in Stone Mountain after the break talking about if I if I do go too far with the conspiracy theories, it's a good launching off point. So hang on one more minute. 800 WSB talk or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez show. Monica Perez. It's a man A man On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. Going straight to the phones. I'm going to Michael in Stone Mountain. Michael, you are on with Monica. Hi, Michael. Hey, Monica. Uh, Nice to speak with you. Listen to you every Saturday. And I really like uh, Binkley's research and when he has input into the show. Okay. I think you're overreaching on a conspiracy part of the red flag you mentioned Somebody could put a conspiracy theory out there, and maybe the FBI might look at them. I mean, anybody could put on the web, I don't like the, the Democrats because they're calling this white supremacist the Nazis. And uh, I think they're doing that because they're trying to turn voters. And that's a conspiracy theory. But if there's no threat there, he doesn't say, oh, I hate them so much, I'd love to do something to them, then – you know, anybody can put a conspiracy theory out there. And I think he said, oh, if you just say, say something in a conspiracy, they're going to look at you without yeah, a threat. Yeah, I was definitely skipping a couple of steps. I was looking at what it's, has been proven to me so many times that these things are slippery slopes. They they talked about how we don't we can violate people's basic rights if it's international because foreigners don't have those rights or their countries don't function properly. So we need to impose our law on other countries. We don't have to respect their sovereignty. And, you know, Guantanamo and stuff. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. Now they're talking about bringing it here. Because of domestic terrorism that they are going to take away. All right. So there is a slippery slope. You could see it coming, but you could argue that it didn't need to, that it wasn't going to happen, but it did happen and it is happening. So when I look at these conspiracy theories, I think, okay, first they make it where it's an overt threat, but eventually it's going to be a pre-crime situation. People like this can sometimes lead to, hopefully I'll pull up some Quotes that'll support my point after the break. 800 WSB Talk. This is Monica Perez. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberties every Saturday from 3 to 6 right here on 95.5 WSB. And our the threats to our liberty came fast and furious this week. We are talking about background checks, red flag laws. These are ways not only to keep us from uh, exercising our right to self-defense, but they're a way to target us for a removal of our civil liberties without 
constitutional due process for our thoughts. That's our what we say. Something Trump said about opening, uh, not having records of a minor sealed, making sure you know because when you if you do something wrong when you're young, it can it you can't reach back into that as an adult and look at those records. If they're talking about background checks. And they want to do meaningful, as Trump keeps saying. There was a story from the State Department or a story from in the news this week that Southern Poverty Law Center and and this like I don't know why it popped up this week. I think it was kind of an old story. Identified a guy, I think his name was Matthew Gelbert. What's his name? Matthew Q. Gebert. G-E-B-E-R-T, that he was a white supremacist, white nationalist in the State Department, and he passed all these background checks. That never would have happened. Um, but I guess white nationalism gets a pass. It says uh, it is inconceivable. He got security clearance twice, as boss Hochstein told Politico. If Gebert was Muslim or a person of color, it would have been caught. Neo-Nazis are not all shaved heads and tattoos. They are hiding in plain sight. I'm horrified Gebert worked for me at the State Department. So they're saying there, they're pointing out that even the State Department's vetting process allows people to slip by. So so perhaps background checks will require a more serious vetting process. Maybe red flag laws will be tied in with background checks. And if they're, if they're looking at uh, just accusations that you can't prove or disprove until after the fact, this to me is a terrible slippery slope. And a threat to our basic liberties. We are not guilty until proven innocent. That's not how it works. And that's not how how it should work. So I'm worried about that. And uh, I want to know what you think. I am going to, well, you can give me a call at 404-872-0750, 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. We're also talking about the news that arose overnight about Jeffrey Epstein killing himself in in the in custody in jail in New York and immediately the story went to conspiracy theories. So uh I want to talk about that too. Call about either thing. First I'm going to Joseph and Decatur. Hi Joseph, you are on with Monica. Hey Monica. Hey. Uh big fan. Thanks for what you do. My um so I just wanted to talk about a few different things real quick. Um uh the left talks about like it's an easy fix like closing loopholes for like the background checks but um i don't think that's really the solution like and then this red flag thing that sounds more reasonable like you know stopping people who overtly make threats and stuff about school shootings but they, Do you uh, think that's where the red flag laws will stop? This guy just talked about who was no. killed by cops. His sister was mad at him, and you know he was. His niece said he was totally harmless. Yeah, no, I think it's a too much of a slippery slope, and they wouldn't end up. Um, you know, they're incompetent anyway. Like the FBI got multiple warnings about the Parkland shooter. And then they can't even protect Epstein in his cell. <laughs> That's so, a good point. That's a good you point. Know, Whatever um, did happen, it doesn't make you think that those are the guys you want uh, deciding whether or not you can protect yourself. Yeah. And um, the thing with these people who are so lost and just so unwell that they want to, you know, become mass murderers, they're going to find a way to do that, even if guns were completely 
removed from society somehow. You got people with bombs and, you know, vehicles and whatnot. Yeah, I will give you two examples. One is that Andrews Brevin, who's used as an example for the Christchurch shooter and the El Paso guy, that there's a gun ban in, in I think it was Norway. There's a gun ban in that country. And if you look back at the first mass, I believe it was the first mass casualty event of size of, you know, real note in the U.S., I believe, this is going from memory, a guy dynamited a school. So I agree mm-hmm. with you. I, I And same thing with, like, um, you know, so it, it, there are, guns protect you. They don't report. If you wanted to just say, is it a statistics game? Does it really help? Or are they going to find other ways? You're not getting that data. There are too many people have political issues. And I have found that if you consult your fundamental principles of liberty and justice and truth, if you if you look at liberty and justice, you have to stick to those principles. It's the right it, it is the answer that protects the most people. Putting putting self defense in the in the hands of the person on the scene who is in danger is the most effective way of ensuring the safety of yeah, these and that's targets. the thing with these gun-free zones. They're like magnets for these mass murders because they know they won't have any resistance there. Yes, and they're and they're targeted. And then the answer is, well, get some government agents to monitor that place constantly. But that too disarms you. That too yeah. takes the and they're really emphasizing the fact that the government has to be able to outgun. The population, and and that to me is a sign of a pathocracy, where they're really not. They think of us as, you know, n- not of the body. You know, like we are, we're outside. That the government is the thing to protect. It's, you know, there's something yeah. not right about this tone of all of this. Yeah, and the other thing is about this talk about banning assault weapons, like that's a a thing that's just a vague term that just for guns that look scary like that's what the ban was in the 90s right yeah and it's like they want to ban semi-automatic weapons but if they do that then it would just be muskets again (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean all weapons are assault weapons right if they're used in a certain way and for me it looks like even though handguns are responsible for almost all the murders in the country They're never the target of these, and I consider it to be that what they're really talking about, and they're almost actually saying it outright, outright in these cases this week, especially in Dayton, is that they want resistance-grade weaponry. They want to make sure that the mm-hmm. citizens are no match for the government. And if they mean well and they love us and they just want to take care of us, that's wonderful. I appreciate that. Once they have absolute power, even if they're sincere now, once that absolute power is absolutely certain there is no way for us to resist, that every single one of our protections in the Bill of Rights have been eliminated, then you will have some sneaky fella become an absolute tyrant. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's how it's yeah, going to work. Yeah, that's the last thing I wanted to say. Yeah, good. Was that, who, you know, it's who benefits from gun control or just banning guns. You know, the government will have... You know, total power. No one's suggesting that the government lose their guns. I mean, that's the thing that's crazy. But this is a risk with federalizing the police or federalizing elections is that then you get somebody up there who knows he has total power 
and you don't have anybody lower down on the ground you can turn to or be organized with who could at least call the BS, at least keep them honest, at least put up some resistance. So I'm extremely concerned of the about these trends, especially when they lead towards uh, more concentrated power at the top because it does set it up for tyranny. I'm going to go to Ray in Powder Springs. Hey, Ray, you're on with Monica. Ray, did I lose you? Oh, Ray, I did not click you. That's the problem. Hey, Ray, you're on with Monica. Let me say something about the uh, red uh, red flag thing. Yep. Um, remember Waco, right? Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, the red flag thing is the fact that uh, we don't need any more uh, Intergovernment interference. It's just going to stop all that. But we're, we're, we just keep losing our rights. But I really don't recall about Epstein. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. He knew too much. Had too many people that he was ready to snitch out what was going on. He had, let's think about this. Now they're saying they're going to go after some madams that helped him to do what he did. Mm-hmm. You mean to tell me that politicians aren't involved in all that on down the road? He had too much money tied up in this. He had, he was willing to give up millions of dollars just to get out on bail. Do you have a sense of which side would want had more to lose? Do you think that it's a Clinton thing or a Trump thing, or you don't really? I Everybody. think it's more like a Clinton thing because you got to realize that the, the, the bureaucracy in, in Washington D.C. has been the Democrats over all these years. Nobody wants to. Trump is Trump is doing his best to stir the pot and to drain the swamp. And the swamp not going to get drained. There's too much money tied up, too much junk going on in this country. Yeah, I do think that they're trying to make it look like it's an that it's a Trump thing, uh, but it's I don't think it is. And the they are also definitely making it look like it's a a conspiracy. That's for sure. And, yeah, I do think that he had a lot of dirt on a lot of people. And yesterday, I'd actually already made the notes that I was going to talk about this today I, before I knew that he had died or before it was reported that he had died, I should say, that other names came up. Bill Richardson, who's a Democrat, uh, was in one of the documents by Virginia Roberts saying he was one of the ones that Epstein had her sleep with. Um the main guy, George Mitchell, I think, a senator from Maine, also a Democrat. And then a couple of other names that I thought were interesting, a guy from the MC2 modeling agency who I had said in an earlier show, I thought he had something to do with it, but there wasn't really the evidence yet. And there it was in her thing, which I didn't know. It was just unsealed. And then another big name I think is hilarious. I have to give a shout out to uh, Dean, who tweeted something about the Minsky moment, which is an economics Name for when the market gets too heated and all of a sudden everybody realizes it and it crashes. He was, that's kind of what he was thinking was going on or about to go on before we had the volatility last week. So I was giving him credit for that. Marvin Minsky was one of the people that Virginia Roberts said she was, oh, had to sleep with. <laughs> Yikes. Anyway, but these guys, yeah, these names were coming down. They were Democrats. Uh, you know, it all came out at that time. Yesterday, I don't know if this just closes the book on that. Maybe they will not revisit Epstein's plea, because which which protected the co-conspirators. Now that he's dead, maybe they don't have to. But I have a couple of announcements. One is this WSB promo, which is going to be awesome. 
They, uh, we help you on your daily commute with triple team traffic. Now we want to give you even more relief with your drive. We're going to give you a chance to win $500, maybe six, seven, or even $1,000 in free gas. Go to WSBRadio.com or the WSB Radio app to register today. All the rules and details are there to give you a chance to win free gas from 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. And I'm going to let Binkley tell you where he's going to be tonight. Binkley, where are you going to be? Relapse Theater at 8 p.m. for Astronaut University Improv Comedy. So where can they uh, You can find a more? link on at Freedom, at Freedom Act Radio, Twitter, on Twitter. All right. So uh, give us a call right now, 800-WSB-TALK, or tweet me at Monica Perez Show to talk about background checks, red flag laws, or the Epstein case. I'm waiting. Monica Perez on 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. I'm going to go straight to the phones. I'm going to Randy in Smyrna. Randy, you are on hey. with Monica. you got one minute. Go. One minute. I'm, thank you for having me on, Monica. I'll be as brief as I can. Uh, I don't believe that Jeffrey Epstein killed himself. There are too many people, a long line of people with ties to the Clinton that, that you know, that died in a plane crash, hung hung themselves. Now, how many people do you know that killed themselves, or how many people do you personally know that were murdered? The answer is probably zero. Well, the Clintons know, you know, uh, so many people connected to the Clintons, you know, um, Seth Rich. I don't believe I don't believe that he died as a result of a botched robbery attempt. And now, quickly moving to guns, I don't believe that they want to ban guns because they want to protect the people. I believe they want to ban guns because they don't want you to be able to protect yourself. And remember this: when they ban guns, they will have theirs and they will have yours. That is very well put. Thank you, Randy. About the conspiracy theories that you threw out there, I have got a lot of, I have much to say on all the various things that you threw out. I took a couple of notes. I'm going to come back after the break and respond to all of that. But if you want to know what I think about the news of the day, my producer Binkley and I co-host a show we're calling Drive Time Prop, which we put up every day at thepropreport.com by 4 p.m., right in time for Drive Time, with today's news given to you from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. So check out Drive Time Prop on The Prop Report or tweet me right now at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. I'm not interested in fantasies. I'm interested in reality. On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. This is Monica Perez, and I am waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6, and today is no exception. Background checks, red flag laws, they are threats to our liberty. The idea that the government should engage in pre-crime surveillance, should disarm people because they think they might go too far is the wrong way, and it it contradicts our fundamental legal architecture, which is exactly what I, we have a clip. We've played it before. I probably won't get to it again. But Michael Chertoff, when he was Homeland Security director, he said, we need to we need to change our fundamental legal architecture for because of terrorism. And now the focus is domestic terrorism, which means that means removing our civil liberties here at home. I don't like it. Not at all. But we're also talking well, one way. There's actually a connection here. One thing that I've noticed, and I 
I get it. I'm skipping a couple of steps. I realize that. But these slippery slopes, they do it in a step-by-step basis. They, you are going to get through these steps. The FBI just put out a study saying that anti-government and uh, anti-government conspiracy theories, fringe political conspiracy theories, and identity-based conspiracy theories very likely motivate some domestic extremists to commit criminal and sometimes violent activity. And actually, the examples they use in there, it's not like a scientific assessment. It's a bunch of examples, some of which I question the actual facts of. But they're using this to say that the that conspiracy theories is a sign of in other studies i've seen mental illness criminal behavior potential for violence so if conspiracy theories themselves are a problem and conspiracy theories is the way that people look for behind the scenes activity of the government because a pathological government or a deep state you know they're doing they're doing things and talking about things behind the scenes. They're abusing their power. I think we all know this happens. So talking about it, speculating, is a problem for the powers that be. I was just rereading a document that you might be interested in by Cass Sunstein called "Conspiracy Theories." He was Obama's information czar. He wrote this long time, over ten years ago, but it's still great. And it talks about what a problem it is for anti-government conspiracy theorists. It is for the government. It talks about how to deal with them. And one of the ways they deal with them is to refute them, to do what's called cognitive infiltration, put a lot of fake stuff in with real stuff, to discredit people. Uh, they, they, he talks about a lot of different methods. And what, one of them is to go through, to plant fake stories in the news, to write the stories from the government agent's perspective and either not attribute it to the government or make it anonymous. There was a huge article today in the Wall Street Journal about how we need to change our fundamental legal architecture to affect domestic terrorism. And I thought it was written by a journalist. And then as I dug in, it wasn't. It was written by an FBI guy. It was written by a very high-level um government agent. And so when the Epstein story of Epstein suicide broke uh, today or overnight, Binkley and I had two tweets that I think really captured that trend, Binkley specifically on the Epstein thing and me overall. Binkley, can you, uh, I want you to read your tweet first because it goes right to what the callers are saying and then read my tweet and and then I have a follow-up. I tweeted that this reminds me of an episode of 24. I wonder who gets blamed, Trump or Clinton. Yeah, and I think that everybody is kind of uh, taking that bait, don't you think? I do, yeah. I mean, it seems right. And what is the one that I tweeted? You tweeted that you tweeted, I think conspiracies, conspiracy theories may steal the spotlight on the ex- Epstein story. All right. So 18 minutes later, I posted a headline that said, after Epstein's suicide, conspiracy theories flourish online. So and ever since then, it has just been all conspiracy theories all the time. And they've been alternating kind of dialectically back and forth like you expected. Trump, Clinton, Trump, Clinton. And uh, oh, hope Anne is still here. Okay, I want to take the next caller is Anne. And I think her comments is going to be relevant. Anne in Cartersville. Hi, Anne. You're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. It's always such a pleasure to hear your voice on Saturday. I feel the same way about you, Ann. Go ahead. (laughs) I'm going to try to make this really, really quick. But, you know, people are always saying, oh, 
conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory. Well, you know, you wouldn't have thought that the FBI would have had a hand in the so-called dossier against a presidential candidate. You wouldn't have thought that um, uh, an attorney general would meet the spouse of someone running for president to discuss their grandchildren. This is straight out of a 007 movie. If you don't think that a person can be forced to commit suicide in jail, ask someone who's been in there. They'll tell you. Uh, The red flag laws, if you've ever screamed about anything, you better scream real loud about this one. And I'll wait to hear your response. I want one last thing, Ann, before you go. I want you to tell me why you think why the red flag laws you think are throwing up a red flag to you. Why is that the big thing for you? Well, once uh, once they start, you know, it seems that people always start with the little bitty things like, okay, so um, yeah, let's just 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 people who we think that might be of harm. Well, who who says that? Who who clarifies who is crazy and who is not? Yes, as far as I'm concerned, right now we're all a bit crazy. That's how we got in this situation that we're in. Yes, and but, the widespread use of antidepressants and therapy. Hey, man, like if you want help, you get your help. But if it's going to be a black mark against you, or when you're growing up, you go and go to the therapist or something, and that that stuff is going to be in part of your background check stuff you did as a kid. It's going to really get people to chill their own thoughts and that's very very damaging for kids and i say um you know what i've i've heard monica say a whole bunch of stuff that i i i think is really really harmful for us uh and and i'm afraid of her and i think that she has guns and you should go and get them well guess what some red flag laws allow them to come and get your guns and you have no reprieve I don't yes. like that. I'm very afraid of that. Yes. And what I would say is, in in response, I would say, if this is something you need to do, if this is something society really needs, if all the facts that you're putting together are true, and we need a mechanism to withdraw this stuff, to flag people, there is no reason we shouldn't have protections that the Constitution lays out. And for anyone who says that we can't afford doing away with the plea bargain, we can't give everybody trial by jury, then self-governance is not possible. The reason our government that absorbs all the governments absor- of this country absorb almost half of the production of this, com- of this country is because they're doing too much. They have too many things listed as crimes. Forget all that. If you're going to violate somebody's rights or you think you're justified in removing their rights, they need the protections of a jury trial or whatever. If there's an expedience problem, if it's like this is desperate, we have to do it right this second, have, have a grand jury around the clock sitting just like you have magistrates. Grand jury of peers that are ready for expedience, bring the person in and give them their hearing right then and there. If that's the way you have to do it, there's no, if you need this stuff, do it, but have real due process, not rapid due process, real due process, speedy, speedy trial. You should have all of that stuff. And if it's not possible to have all of that stuff, then self-governance is not possible. And then we're dealing with two kinds of people, elite and then uh, subjects. And that's not, that's not what we've signed up for. That's not what we are promised. And then we need to have that conversation because that's where it's at. Uh, okay. Thank you very much. And, um, 
I am going to go to Tariq in Lithonia. Tariq, you there? Yes, ma'am. Thank right, you again you for what for, for what you do. Thank Overall, you. I have a full bank of calls, so I'm going to give you uh, a couple of minutes, but you got to okay. really get to okay, I'll, I'll be as quick as I can. Thanks. First of all, as far as Epstein, not for one minute do I think that the, that the man wasn't murdered. Okay. And to protect people as far as Trump or Clinton, it's anybody who might be a pedophile, whether you are Prince of England. I'm just saying. And I don't know that, but or just people in powerful positions that would do that, that are amoral. Those are the ones that and in powerful places that are collecting themselves. Okay. Now to the rights issue, I'm really disheartened and I'm really disheartened about the way Americans and, and there are several reasons have allowed the government to gradually erode our rights. You know, like it accelerated up after nine 11 and then they put the Patriot at end, and one of the things that, that eventually led to the FISA court, and you see what people in power did in that case. Not for one minute do I think the red flag law is good. And I just, I'm in the NRA member also, and I just hope and pray that our leadership don't, uh, you know, just agree to this. Cause I'm afraid, I just, yeah, that they it, will capitulate. And I want to yeah, just, yeah. I'm just I'm just disheartened, and the reason I'm disheartened because you know the, the founding fathers, I believe they came back today. They would roll over in their grave. They I just know. couldn't. They wouldn't be able to believe. I don't care if you know. Originally, they they didn't even like the fact of us being overseas in alliances like we've gotten to. And you know, Khrushchev in the early fifties, when he when he went to the uh, New York uh, and pounded his. Uh, Fisk on the desk and said on the podium and said how he planned on the communists destroying America without a shot. You see what's been happening the last 50 years, and it's getting worse and worse. And I just hope and pray that the populace starts pushing back more. And one of the keys to that goes back to what Socrates said. You have to have uh, uh, educated or wise electorate to even vote, and we don't have that. And, And I think that's on purpose. And so what do you do in the meantime? You know, we just need to try to push back. We yeah, really I think, need to. I think that's what we are here for. All of all the people on the phone, all the people who are listening, us talking, we are trying to keep each other aware, alert, educated, and that gives me hope. I wanted to point out, you said something about the FISA court, 9-11, all that stuff. That Patriot Act was written, Joe Biden claimed that he wrote it around the time of the Oklahoma City bombing. So it was meant, actually, to uh, address domestic terrorism, which wouldn't have been a FISA court. It would have been something different. And now this article in the newspaper today is about how we need to treat this domestic terrorism like a 9-11 event. And and the uh, atrocities or the overreach or the uh, the non existence that's in the FISA court is going to come to the red flag laws. It was already written when this guy was killed for the red flag law, when the cops tried to physically take the gun out of his hands, that judges aren't going to say no, because if they say yes, they can't be blamed for something like they're not even being blamed for this. That judge should have said no, probably. 
But they're saying, oh, well, that proves that the judge was right in saying yes. The fact that this went wrong is proof that we were right. And then if it doesn't go wrong, that's proof that they were right. So you're never, you're probably not going to get, you're probably going to get just like the FISA, the FISA court. So thanks for bringing that up. Uh, I'm going to just rapid fire through the calls uh, starting after the break and through the next half hour. 800 WSB Talk. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Have you ever questioned the nature of your reality? On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. I got a full bank of calls, and I'm going to get to every single one of you. If you are on hold, just hang on, and we will go through it rapid fire. I'm going to start with Maurice in Stone Mountain. Maurice, you are on with Monica. Hello. Maurice, you're on the air. You got a minute. Go. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Okay. Sorry. You um, have one minute. Go. Right. Um, the shootings were, you know, there's a lot wrong with them and that they're basically a deep state function, you know. the <clears throat> So, you know, you have people... Uh, on the ground, you can see the clips saying that there's more than one shooter and that they're in black outfits. Um, so there's that. And then they go and change his uh, personal profile um, from Democrat, registered Democrat to re- Republican, and that he's a QAnon conspiracy theorist and other related things. So that's the El Paso. Without and evidence, then, I'm going to have to stop you there. I'm sorry to say, but I don't think there's evidence on a lot of that stuff. It's hard to sift through. And it and if what you're saying kind of makes me think of a Gladio type thing. People don't know what Gladio is. Look up Operational Gladio or listen to episode four of the Propaganda Report, Strategy of Tension. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez, waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberties every Saturday from 3 to 6, right here on 95.5 WSB. And we have been doing just that for a couple of hours now, and I am still overwhelmed with all the material that I have been accumulating uh, throughout the week of the policy agenda items that are being promoted by the reports of shootings in El Paso and Dayton last weekend, especially very serious, meaningful, in Trump's words, background checks brought to you by Republicans, also in Trump's words, red flag laws that are sweeping the nation, hand-in-hand feds and state governments colluding to uh, pay each other off or a little quid pro quo where Lindsey Graham wants to use federal money to pay off states to make laws like that. Uh, All these things have been uh, worrying me on my mind. I actually, and then last night, this Epstein suicide, we've been covering the Epstein case from the beginning for years, actually. And now it's any facts of the case are completely swamped by competing conspiracy theories. I have my share of 
conspiracies that I believe to be more plausible than official explanations. But I also recognize that an avalanche of conspiracy theories is meant to obfuscate the truth, and it can be generated by the very people who uh, have dirty hands or have an interest in it. So it's just layers upon layers of um, confusion in that. So when so as these stories break every day during the week, Binkley and I, my producer, who you know and love, have decided to do a daily show, Drive Time Prop. And we, you can get it at thepropreport.com. We do 30 minutes of the headlines as they are breaking from our perspective with our analysis, but mostly just fast-paced, no-nonsense news that we post by four o'clock on the com, And if there's enough of a, an interest in it, we're going to give it a couple of weeks. And if there's enough of an interest in it, we'll commit to doing it. So if you want to listen to it, listen to it now. We'll see how many listens we get during the week and assess uh, if it's the, if it, there's a good demand for that. So check that out. But of course, WSB helps you on your drive time commute with triple tree team traffic. And they want to give more relief to you in your drive by giving you a chance to win free gas, $500 worth, maybe six, seven, even a thousand dollars worth. Go to wsbradio.com or the WSB radio app to register today. All the rules and details are there. Uh, that will give you a chance to win the free gas all from 95.5 WSB Atlanta's news and talk. And I have so many dang calls. I'm going to do them rapid fire. But Binkley, I'm going to let you uh, tell people how they can see you live and in person doing your thing, something they don't see here on the air tonight. Eight o'clock tonight at Relapse Theater in Atlanta. You can find the tickets at the at a link at the top of my Twitter page. It's an improv, an astronaut journey, an improvisational comedy. That's at Freedom Act Radio on Twitter. Right. So uh, I have so many calls. There's so much interest in all of these topics. I'll take anything. Anybody who's in on hold right now, I will get to you in the order in which you called. So that brings me, I don't even know who's saying what at this point. I'm just looking at how long you're on hold. So let's go to Mark and Lake Lanier. I'm such a Yankee. Hey, how you doing, Monica? Yes. Great show. Thank you. Listen, uh, my uh, comment on Epstein, uh, it was a hit for sure. Um, just like uh, Vince uh, Foster from Clinton, and I'm sure the Clintons were involved in it, as well as many other politicians in D.C., in Congress, and the Senate. Um, and uh, Scalia, they uh, put a hit on Scalia, and uh, the Podestas were involved. So anyway, we don't even need we don't need the D.C. congressmen or Senate senators full-time anymore we need to bring these uh cats home and make it a part-time job and pay them half what they're making now and bring all the power back to each individual state i actually love that that idea i think it should be much much less power at the federal government you threw out some accusations there that i know that they're out there people listen and mark oh that radio host just tolerated that call i don't have any evidence to support some of the things that you said i will say if you want to talk about the one thing that I think is worth kind of exploring is the Miguel Rodriguez. I think it was Miguel Rodriguez who was kind of a predecessor of Brett Kavanaugh in the Vince Foster, Ken Starr thing. And he wrote a memo that was 
quite revealing about the way the government was handling the Vince Foster investigation. So I do suggest that people look closely into that. Uh, the other stuff I don't know, and I know that now there a lot of the stuff gets thrown around very loosely, and I think we should stay focused, stay with evidence, and if you don't have the evidence, then don't accept the story, whether it's the official narrative or conspiracy theory. Just hold your standards up, look at the credibility of the source, the plausibility of the story, evidence, the, you know, just use your head, use your head, and by, for heaven's sake, do not give up any of your constitutional rights because of stories that you hear in the media. For no reason, give up your constitutional rights. There will never be a reason. That is the compromise. The compromise between government power and safety is the Bill of Rights and the Constitution. As an anarcho-capitalist, I think that compromise goes too far. So don't, for heaven's sake, give up on that. But uh, let's keep going. Amanda and Norcross, you are on with Monica. Hi, Amanda. Well, hey. Um, It's always wonderful to hear you on a Saturday afternoon. I absolutely love your show. Um, but as far as um, Jeffrey Epstein, I think it's more to do with Clinton and all of all of their cronies um, than anything to do with Trump. I don't think it has anything at all to do with Trump. Um, uh, yeah, I agree with you there. I don't think it's going to be set up that way. I noticed oh, yeah. that there was a big story like Bill Barr is on the investigation and Bill Barr's already been smeared as a Trump shill. I noticed in the Wikipedia entry for Epstein, I was just looking at this last night because new information came out yesterday naming, I think, all Democrats, Bill Richardson and uh George Mitchell as being new people who was discovered was named by Virginia Roberts as somebody who Epstein kind of pimped her out to. But in the Wikipedia page, it said Trump and Epstein had a falling out because of a real estate deal, which is, from my research, absolutely not true that Trump barred Epstein from Mar-a-Lago when Virginia Roberts was kind of plucked out of there by Epstein and she worked at Mar-a-Lago. Binkley, do mm-hmm. you, not to grab you out, but Binkley, does that sound, that's correct, right? That's like kind of in evidence. That from you, my understanding, yes. Yeah, I thought so too. But yeah, so I agree with you. Thank you, Amanda, very much. Um, I do agree that, I, I don't know what, what really happened. I don't know if he's alive or dead. I don't really have no idea. I think who he was working for was above the two-party thing anyway. So this seems to me a, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, a distraction. Maybe another shoe will drop. Let's see. Well, well, the one number one thing I suspect here is that the plea deal that protected his co-conspirators was under scrutiny and deemed illegal. And it is possible that now that he's dead, there will be no ability to revisit that, and his co-conspirators will continue to be protected. I think that's kind of interesting. Uh, all right, I'm going in order. I see Steve in Duluth. Steve, you're on with Monica. Hi. Uh, your show's amazing today. Um, first of all, on the red flag issues, uh, we need to put a hammer and a sickle on that red flag to remind us what these red flags are all about. Give me one Hello? more sentence on that, Steve. Okay. Well, the red, fl- the hammer and the sickle shows that who's behind these red flag, either uh, true believers, outright Marxists, and totalitarians, 
their fellow travelers and their useful idiots. And 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 so that's we ought to you know if they want to talk about red flag laws, let's let's this is the ultimate red flag. Yeah, you're right. Peel away the veil now, of of what they say it's for, and it's really just for totalitarianism. I agree with you. Yep. And, and, and as far as um, Trump goes, he shouldn't be consulting with. Am I still on? Yep. Okay. He shouldn't be consulting with um, Schumer and Pelosi and even uh, Mitch McConnell on these red flag issues. He should be consulting with Thomas Jefferson and James Madison and Ben Franklin and Sam Adams and John Adams and the founders who made clear what our right to self-defense was about. It's the Second Amendment is an exclamation point on how you so appropriately and accurately said is our right to self-defense. We get to defend ourselves with whatever it takes. It doesn't stop with a pea shooter and a spitwad. And I'll give you two more things that, one, the First Amendment is first for a reason, and the red flag laws go to that. The background checks go to that. And you left a name off, George Mason, who insisted on having the Bill of Rights on the Constitution, and I believe uh, the Bill of Rights was crafted after the one he wrote for Virginia. I might, I might have that a little bit wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's it. So I always like to include George Mason when I am thankful for the Bill of Rights. And I think I'm going to take a quick break and then get to another call so I can give that person a little time and then just keep rapid firing on the calls. I still have a couple of lines open. 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Everything she said was true. She knew. Nobody believed her. On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. All right, going to the phones. I'm going to David and Tyrone. David, you're on with Monica. Monica, thank you for taking my call. I got so excited with your female. I thought it was uh, screener. I thought it was Belinda, and you fixing to be the next board. No, Belinda's her own her own star now. I but know, although I know. I just got, if it's I Crystal got a on the, excited. I've got Crystal and Rachel in the back. They're stars too. I really love this team. But yeah, no, it's girl power, I guess. Like me too, without the uh, contrivance. <laughs> well, I love your show. Try to catch you, you every Saturday that I can. What uh, you got? On this, my thing. I think this red flag. I think previous caller with a sickle and star made a perfect point. But this this terrifies me. I mean, and I'm I'm not prone to being terrified of my government. This one terrifies me because the American people don't understand their constitution, nor does the Supreme Court. And this has been going ongoing for a century or more. But when when the Second Amendment was written, and I don't mean to get preachy, it applies to the federal government and the states, and those last Three words, shall not, four words, shall not be infringed, applies to the state as well as the government, uh, to the federal government. If, if Georgia comes up and says, oh, well, we're going to start requiring you to pay permission to, to keep and bear arms, then what's to keep Mississippi from saying, well, we're going to start selling permits so we can violate the 13th Amendment? Well, you know what was great about that era or the plan is that it was not really, I mean, I don't remember how they capitulated with the standing army and all that, but the militia was the defense for, it was land defense 
as needed. It wasn't a standing army. It wasn't going out. I think World War One kind of violated the law in sending um, militiamen out, I think. I, but it wasn't meant to invade other countries. And if you look at how Switzerland does it, Switzerland, every Swiss man, citizen, I think just man, I'm not sure anymore, has to have certain kinds of guns because they are all in the militia because they have to defend themselves because it's such a um, a place of conflict because it's got – whatever, potential abuse. That's why they're neutral because they're in a central passageway that people would pass through to get to other countries during war and all that. So they have virtually no murder. I think they're like 200th in the world's list of murders. And they all have uh, the guns. They get locked up and stuff. But they're, they are the militia. They are the well, army. They, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not a bad idea. I, I do. But, Monica, if you look at the, the constitutional carry states, Vermont, Wyoming, Alaska, Arizona, and there's a few others. They have the lowest gun crimes in 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 the country. I try not to advertise per, that for Vermont capita. because I fear for them as being the target of some kind of uh, psyop because they have like no, virtually no murder at all, and they I think have the highest or one of the highest gun ownership rates. New Zealand they is like that too. Li- New Zealand is 199 uh, on the list of murders, and they had tons of guns. Uh, correct. And, and ver- well, the Vermont per capita, uh, more guns per house per person, fewer murders per person. Uh, and, and Vermont has the least amount of gun laws on the books. A 16 year old in Vermont can walk down the street with a 30 30 and nobody gets upset about it. You know, that kind of goes also to culture, I think, in that. If you have the culture where people are responsible, personal, individual liberty and personal responsibility on all issues at all times. That's a libertarian way, and I stand behind it. I'm going to squeeze in a prize pack. Pair of tickets to Cirque du Soleil Volta opening October 10th under the big top at Atlantic Station. First to call 404-741-0750 gets the prize pack. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Now, there is a president who may have been elected, but the real man in charge lives several miles underground. On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. That that was a Trump clip. It was real hard to hear because there's helicopters in the background. So let's play it one more time. This was yesterday. Let's hear that one more time. That's a Trump clip. Our background check, uh, we have tremendous support for really common sense, sensible, important background check. Common sense, common sense gun control, common sense, sensible, important background checks. I just, the entire, all yesterday's press conference of Trump, the entire thing, Whenever he was talking about gun control, was talking about how much support he's getting from the Republicans, how he's leading the charge, how they're looking to him for a signal. And it reminds me of that that caller I've referred to probably 20 times over the years. He opened my eyes to it. It will take a Republican and it will because people will defend him. And uh, (laughs) that's what it takes. So. I'm going to keep going with the calls. Thank you for hanging on. I really will get through everyone. A little bit rapid fire here. Dwight in Stone Mountain, you are on with Monica. Yo, Ms. Perez, I, I just want to say, firstly, I really enjoy your show when I come home from my ministry on Saturday. But I'm 
tell me when, when you got to go to another one, but I wanted to throw this term out there for you to research, national and international managed conflict. And you get an opportunity, read Tony Brown's book, Empower the People. Uh, it's a history of secret societies uh, from the time of Noah up until the Bush administration. And another one is American history demystified. It's, it's following the same scenario that, that Tony Brown has uh, researched and uh come out with different jewels of, of uh, revelation. And I think this will is the blue pill, I think, that um, the gentleman gave to Neo in Matrix. That is so interesting. I've got to say, Dwight, first of all, thank you. I'm so glad that you enjoy my show. And I... Somebody sent me an email a while back, another listener, and I remember it had some references in it, and I thought, I've got to get to those. But I'm so busy. I get so much to do. I've got huge stacks of reading. But then I just went back yesterday or the day before to that email. I said, what is it? What was that reference? It was something I'd never heard of before, and it was Anthony Brown, which I think is what you're talking about. I haven't looked at it. I can't vouch for it. It's going to take me another couple of months before I actually uh, listen to it. I get a lot of... I got a lot of recommendations and I go through it, but that's very interesting that you would say that. And I, and for me, there may be real answers out there. There may be a discussion of who's at the top. Maybe somebody knows I, in all my research, I've never really been a hundred percent sure when I'm being led down a garden path or when I'm really onto something. And I never will be sure. It's like this Epstein thing. We're never going to know what actually happened to that guy, but what I do try to pay attention to is whenever somebody is giving me a big story or there's an event or whatever, and they are saying, this is why we have to get you to forfeit your fundamental liberties, your civil liberties, abandon your civil liberties. I don't want to know the details of the story they're telling me. I don't care who's at the top. I must, I'm not saying it's not interesting and important, but I'm just saying, and it is important to see the big picture so you understand where we're going, that it's not a slippery slope. It's not unintended consequences. It's not an incompetent government, by the way. What it is, is a vision that is being fulfilled incrementally. And all we can do, I think, is push back on it every step of the way. And that's why, although I'm an anarcho-capitalist, and I think the Constitution and the Bill of Rights just don't give us enough protections that society is self-ordering and that it would it would uh, we'd be safer and more prosperous if in a more voluntary society. Uh, however, I do think in the here and now, all of us Americans can look at that Bill of Rights and read it on its face and demand that it be honored. So that's a way where we don't have to argue about ideology or even left or right. Let's defend that. Thank you so much for the call, Dwight. I'm going to keep going. Ed and McDonough. Hi, Ed. You're on with Monica. Ready to go? Hi, Monica. Hey, Ed. Yeah, I just uh, I, I called earlier. I just have two comments I want to make. Uh, first one is nobody that's ever had any dirt that could harm Bill Clinton has survived to tell about it. And having been in law enforcement for almost a quarter of a century, just when it comes to gun confiscation, Local law enforcement is not going to do it. They, they, they have no appetite for it, and most, most of us are very strong Second Amendment supporters. But we've been villainized so much in the last several years 
that everybody needs to take a look at who's being recruited to be law enforcement officers on the local level now. Oh, are, are you? Do you have an answer on that, or are you just telling us to pay attention? Well, if you pay attention to it, because nobody, we're not able to get good recruits. I'm not going to say they're bad recruits, but the, the, the people that were born here don't want to do it simply because we've been vilified. So our recruitment pool now is mostly from people who are not from the United States, and they may not have the appreciation for the Bill of Rights that everybody else has. Yeah, I, I'd heard that. Um, somebody mentioned that to me a long time ago. And look, this all this stuff about white nationalism and white supremacy and all that, it's really taking center stage, I think, in one from one direction it's to really get us to abandon our civil liberties but i think it's also to get us to not talk about immigration or have any kind of a discussion about it as a policy it is a policy you don't have to be a racist to think that way what what you're suggesting would easy easy to say oh you're racist i'm it 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 may be true that people who are not connected to your community are more likely to pivot to or be loyal to their employer or their institutional affiliation. That's why I don't like the International Brotherhood of Police. I don't like that. So so it doesn't matter what country it is or isn't or um, ethnicity. It's that if you are not of the community, if your family doesn't live there, if you haven't been a part of it, that's why even I don't – I'm not crazy about – Kids going to college in another state or guys and gals, guy, I guess the draft may be hitting gals soon, but like going into the service and leaving, like it breaks up communities. My mother pointed that out to me. She said during World War II, she said the country was never the same because all the towns were broken up. All the men left and they never came back. I mean, all is a big word, but but the idea that the people who are enforcing the laws, aren't really understanding that the laws are an extension of the right of self-defense of the people in the community. You have no power. Your power extends from them. You need to respect them. And likewise, we need to recognize that their power is an extension of our power. We empower them. And we, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I don't know what good it does for us to talk about this. I think it does good. I think just being aware that these are my rights and I refuse to consent, at least in my opinion, it makes me have uh, a an argument in my St. Peter's principle where you go to the judging angel and you say, hey, man, I did not consent to that. And maybe you're responsible for a more proactive approach. I don't know. But we have to say, like, yes, I do not consent to extending to those agents of mine the right to take away other people's right to self-defense, to go to their house at 5 o'clock in the morning and demand their gun, and if they don't give it, they kill them. That's the story that came out of Maryland on November 6th. So, uh, yeah, I, um, that's something to think about. No question about it. I'm going to Matt in Stone Mountain. Hi, Matt. You are on with Monica. Yes, ma'am. Love your show. Yeah, I'm 100%. I'm a I'm a combat veteran. I'm 100% PTSD. I'm not even allowed to own a firearm. Yeah, and that, there's like 100. They're just 
150,000 veterans who have been deemed uh, unqualified to own a firearm. 150,000 last I read. Yeah, but they're just, they're just, they're knocking down everybody's right to own one. I mean, I own more of them than I know what to do with, but I'm not out here to go shoot up a freaking Walmart. Well, let me ask you a question, protect myself. Yes, ma'am. Do you think that you personally were deemed not uh, permitted to carry a gun? Is that what you're saying? Yes, ma'am. I'm not allowed to. Right. And do you think that that judgment on you was fair? Do you think they're right? No, ma'am. No, ma'am. I didn't think it was at all. I've been over and flicked a a roly-poly out of the way so I didn't step (laughs) step on it today. Potato bug. I'm not. I'm not like that, but yeah. what what it's all about is that, yeah, it's an equalizer against the government. You yes. know, like y'all been talking about, you know, they're going to take away this, they're going to take away. Well, okay, but, okay, okay, now I got what I got to equalize against you. Yeah, and the veterans are actually the ones who are trained in how to use that effectively. And that's what I can't figure out. It's like, why don't you just pay us or give us, you know, $15 a week to go sit to schools? Yeah, I mean— you You wouldn't have all these school shootings going on. People would do it, would defend themselves. I mean, that's what I was kind of getting out or related to the idea of the militia. Is that you're you're protected and you're moral because you're not going to go to foreign lands. You're not going to create blowback situations. You're going to defend your property. And didn't the Japanese say that they were not going to invade the United States because because there would be a musket or a rifle behind every blade of grass? I mean, that's right. how you defend yourself. That's and, exactly what it's all about. I mean, it's just I don't understand why people don't understand the concept. Well, it's I just, think it doesn't make any sense to me. I think where it comes from is that we have been systematically uh, dumbed down and taught how to not have responsibility, not have the education, not understand the fundamental principles of what it means to be a human being. A human being is is different from an animal. I mean, wh- whether you want to say it's by intellectual, abstract, it's it's the the consequence of having thumbs and being able to manipulate your environment, or if it's because you're imbued with the divine, you know, a little spark of the divine. I don't know, but if you want to talk about the kind of society that you respect human beings as being competent to self governance, if I mean, ultimately, what you're saying is we're not competent to govern ourselves, and that just then it's anybody's game who what the tyrants are going to impose upon you how they're going to run it. So are we are we a lower form of life and we're subjects, or are we engaged in a, you know, this is supposed to be a voluntary government. I'm a volunteerist, but this is supposed to be a voluntary government, a government that is fi- by and for the people and of it. So, yeah, it's a fundamental question, and I think they're trying to get us to not even be able to think about that, both by dumbing down the kids and by... Um, having uh, constructing the immigration process to make sure that understanding that is not uh, a qualification 
And I think it does a disservice to the people who upend their lives to come over here for the promises of American liberty and justice for all. I'm going to let Mac, who I think disagrees with me, have the last word after break. After the break, this is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. She's an anti-Terminator. Terminator? On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. I am going to go straight to the phones. I'm going to go to Mac, who's been very patiently waiting. He's my last call. I got through everybody. Okay, Mac, you are on with Monica. You ready? Yes. Uh, I agree with you totally about everything you say. Don't think I'm uh, arguing, but I think we should see the president's problem. He has been under assault for three years, and that would break anybody. And uh, yet he's held strong. But now if he enacts legislation to control guns, he's going to lose support from people like me. I'll still vote for him, but I think he should do nothing. If he does nothing, he's going to uh, be attacked by the Democrats saying, you don't care about us. You don't do anything to protect us. And the crowd that Neil Bortz calls the dumb masses will listen to them. So if he enacts this legislation, it could keep him from being elected next time by losing just a few supporters, whereas it it won't gain him any Democratic supporters. I think he should do nothing. Yeah. And so why do you. Oh, gosh, I have to go, Mac. I'm so sorry. Thank you for. Uh, your piece that speaks for itself, Binkley. Ah, uh, Binkley has a show at the Relapse Theater tonight, and we gotta go. This is Monica Perez.